The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, L7 Mountain Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Merry portaling season to all a good portal. It is I, Rob Paul, aka the reluctant Buckeyes fan who finally will admit that maybe Ryan Day ain't the guy. And with me as always is AJ, pour one out for the stock stills, Marchese. The, maybe the most heartbreaking uh, firing in the history of college football, Rob. Today we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who hammered, clamored, and stammered during week 13 of college football. Let's seven 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 rounds in heaven with my baby driving out. To Casey, maybe looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's gonna put ketchup on a stick? Who's gonna, gonna find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And, and that's, that's a song. song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is bought, brought to you by Ramses, the Ram mascot of the North Carolina Tar Heels. Two versions of Ramses appear at UNC Sporting Events. One is a member of the UNC cheerleading team. The other is a live Dorset horned sheep named Ramses. Why do they have the same name? <laughs> it's the mascot. You're right, though. The live, the live one should have a different they name. They should have different names. Yeah. Like, I don't... Is Texas Longhorn mascot called Bevo? A good question, actually. I don't think so. Let's find out. That's a good point. Like, the... Obviously, like, Bevo is... The real... The mascot, but, yeah. like... Do they have somebody in a costume? They do have someone in a costume. I can picture it. Yeah. But what's the what's the costumed person's Doesn't name? Doesn't have a name. Oh man, this is something. That I get oh my down god, we got a rabbit hole immediately here. Okay, anyway, uh, <laughs> more on Ramses. We have a lot to do today, so <laughs> let's start out with the uh, hired, fired opening coaches. Just rapid fire. I'll I'll name a, the new AJ. It's a lot of me naming people, and you saying name a stack. sentence about whichever one okay, you choose. All right. Hired. Texas A&M hires Duke's head coach, Mike Elko. Michigan State hires Oregon State head coach, Jonathan Smith. Mississippi State hires Oklahoma OC, Jeff Levy. San Diego State hires Colorado OC, Sean Lewis. Syracuse hires Georgia DB coach, Fran Brown. Oregon State hires Oregon State defensive coordinator, Trent Bray. I think, I think, I think the best hire here is Jonathan Smith to the Spartans. Especially when he pulls Damian Martinez with him. Uh, yeah. Well, Martinez seemed a little irked that he left, so I'm not sure about that. But, yeah, so oh, he can. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Yeah, apparently he said he was betrayal or something like that. Um, <laughs> but, no, Damian I think. Mart- Damian Martinez texts a and 
but yeah, no, I think I think that style in the Big Ten, hand in hand, uh, gets to immediately you know crush Oregon's hopes once again, or try to at least. Beautiful. Uh, no, I think I think that's a great hire. Um, the Tucker hire obviously went awry, but uh, I think that looked a lot worse from the get go too. You know, like like from when they made it. I think Smith's gonna be a slam dunk home run in, in East Lansing. Slam dunk home run. <laughs> I'm also super excited. My favorite one, not saying it's the best one, my favorite one is Sean Lewis getting to San Diego State. Yeah. That's... San Diego State going from this archaic offense to getting Sean Lewis in charge. <laughs> that that's so that rules. It does rule. It is really cool. I think that one kinda caught me off guard. I didn't I didn't really expect it and I'm damn. just glad he's out of me, fucking Boulder. Boulder. Yeah, me too. Fucking Colorado just Oh my god. the old the takes from September, man. They are, they've not aged well. All right. I'm going to read some openings, give you the three hot names, and you tell me who you'd hire. Duke with Elko gone, three names, Penn State defensive coordinator Manny Diaz, NC State defensive coordinator Tony Gibson, Ohio State defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. I got to pick from those three? Yeah, those are, apparently all three of them visited with Duke today. I would say Jason Garrett. It's a slam dunk. Thing. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. I don't know which Moving one of on. those three do you think really get you excited. I'm not sure. Um, I think I. It's a I funny think one. Manny Diaz is the highest floor. I think Tony Gibson has the highest ceiling. I don't disagree with you. Like, I think Manny Diaz, especially looking at what's happened to Miami since he left, like, yeah, got a bad rap. And, and what he did with Penn State's defense, I think he got a bad rap. I agree. Um, now going into the fired coaches and the three names I've got for you. Houston fired Dana Holgerson, three names. Tulane head coach Willie Fritz, UTSA head coach Jeff Trailer, UNLV head coach Barry Odom. I think uh, I think all three are good. I think I go, I think I stick and stand and go Jeff Trailer. Okay. Indiana fires Tom Allen, pays that bio. Wow. And the three names I got for you in a wild card. South Alabama defensive coordinator Kane Womack, Washington OC Ryan Grubb, Ohio State offensive line coach Justin Fry, and, of course, John Gruden. <laughs> you got to go with Gruden. I think, I think the – kind of funny. I mean, obviously only one is kind of a – I mean, Womack's got roots, but um, one's local there. I, but I think, I think I swing on Grubb. I think I swing on Grubb. I th- I also put Sean Moore down initially. I'm like, I don't think he would take this job. I think Sean Moore's deserved, yeah. like has shown enough in in Harbaugh's absence that he deserves a, a better than a bottom of the barrel Big Ten job. But uh, maybe Mike Hart more in the running for that one. Obviously, he's started his hmm. career coaching there. Yeah. Interesting. Middle Tennessee State finally <laughs> fires Rick Stock. Fuck you. Yeah. Chris Vanini and Bruce Feldman do not have a vacancy lit or. Oh, I don't know, candidate list yet. Yeah. So uh, we're just assuming Brent Stock's still taking over. Congrats, Brent. I mean, long time. Uh, you've deserved it. You're, you've been built for the, for the job, buddy. Uh, congratulations. All right. New Mexico f- fires Danny Gonzalez. Who saw that coming? Uh, they got an interesting candidates list. Gary Patterson. <laughs> Lock it in. Lock Brian Harson. And the one that I would really try to go after, uh, although I think he should try and get a Power 5 OC job, UNLVOC, Brennan Marion. Mm-hmm. I think Marion's really interesting. He's obviously done a really good job with the Rebs there this year. Um, 
What, how do you feel about Odom? I know obviously he's done, he's obviously also done a great job, but I think he was like fine at Missouri given yeah. the circumstances. Yeah. Like, following Gary Pinkle joining the SEC, like they weren't bad. No, I think like both like oh no, I think Diaz is a better coach, but like Diaz and Odom are kind of like in the same realm where you know you put them in lower jobs and they're gonna kill it. And they yeah. kind of like should land in that mid tier kind of job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, UT- UTEP fired Dana Dimmel. We've got Sad. Baylor OC Jeff Grimes, K State assistant head coach Van Malone, Idaho head coach Jason Ack. Hey, they see. I hate to see uh, Coach Ack leave, but I think that's where I go there. I agree. And finally, Luciana Monroe fired Terry Bowden. Sad. So sad. Uh, we've got New Mexico OC Bryant Vincent, who you'll remember was the interim at UAB. Probably should have kept that job. Yep. Uh, Tulane OC Slade Nagel. And Florida AM head coach Willie Simmons, who would be a really interesting hire. I, go for it. Yeah, I swing on that. I think that's the most fun. I, those are <laughs> That's one of the worst jobs in the country now, right? Yeah, I mean, I think New Mexico, UTEP, losing Monroe are all... But losing Monroe, at least you're in a town... Like, U- yeah. UTEP is in but-F-nowhere, I don't swear anymore, but-F-nowhere, West Texas, where there's, like, not a lot going on in terms oh. of recruiting. Yeah, which it... I mean, I feel like El Paso itself will start building up now. El Paso is the biggest city in the country that starts with the letter E. I learned that this week. Okay. okay. And uh, New, <laughs> New Mexico is, like, just... Yes. You're not pulling talent for a bit, right? Like, Louisiana Monroe is like... Yeah, you're, you're, you're there. You're there, yeah. Yeah, so... Anyway, let's keep going. Naming names. <laughs> Senior Bowl acceptances. We got the Counting Crows. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, I'll do the offense first. Um, South Carolina receiver Xavier Leggett. USC receiver Brendan Rice. Texas tackle Christian Jones. Houston tackle Patrick Paul. A lot of interesting guys here. Um, my favorite of the bunch is Patrick Paul, but I think Same. I think I wanted to touch on Leggett, where like we've seen the first round kind of buzz um, the last few weeks, especially, but it's it's kind of been rolling all year a little bit. Um, haven't dug in on Leggett. Obviously, has had a really good year, really out of nowhere from the start, and has you know put it all together. Um, good. I think that's going to be huge for his stock. But yeah, and just Patrick Paul to me is a guy that. Sh- is deserving to be one of the first 32 picks in the draft, probably. Uh, loaded tackle class. It's going to be a lot of fun just to stack these tackles against each other. I I, I enter the week, or the week, I enter kind of where we are right now, thinking Patrick Paul comes out of the week as a, him or Jordan Morgan comes out of the week as a first-round tackle. Why not both? Why not both? Just too many? Like I think that might be the only reason that some of them you know, yeah, go 40th. Yeah, tackle class. Yeah. Um, and with Leggett, I mean, it's not a great senior receiver class. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first senior receiver up the moment. But, man, seeing some of the stuff. I uh, And, again, I'm like you. I haven't dug in deep on him or anything yet. But And I know he had a phenomenal season. But, yeah. man, there are some, some people who really love him. Yeah. Um, going to the defensive side now. Texas interior defensive lineman Byron Murphy. Clemson's interior D-line duo of... Ruka Rorohor and Tyler Davis, UCLA edge rusher uh, Leatu Latu, edge Duke edge uh, RJ Oben, Houston edge Nelson Caesar, Louisville DB Quincy Riley, Auburn corner Nehemiah Pritchett. I was going to talk about Pritchett a little later. So, um, 
yeah, I obviously obviously Latu is the headline here. I mean, that's a guy that's uh, you know a top fifteen prospect. Um, everything checks out for him, and I think you know that that process the huge you know the huge part of the process for him is the medicals and everything along with that. And I guess that starts down in Mobile. And look, we just talked about how great this tackle group is, and it's looking like a really really studly group in uh, at the Senior Bowl. And I think Latu's going to have a like that's going to be just like the, the the you know the touchstone to build. Like, you know, how did you look against Latu, and how did Latu look against these guys? I think that's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who, if he the medicals check out, he could be a top ten pick in this yeah. class. I think he'll be a top fifteen player in this class uh, for most people. Like, without taking in medicals, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I'm super interested to see him. I I hope he does stay there because you know. AJ. Sometimes we get a lot of acceptances. <laughs> I know. Acceptances and it fizzles out a little bit, but we'll see. And I mean, it's going to be super interesting now that the season's wrapping up, seeing what juniors end up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. And la- last thing here, um, that's a good group of uh, interior defensive linemen, and it's going to be interesting to see like who can kind of put themselves ahead of the rest of the group in this Berkey yeah. class. Rook's in a really good spot. I think so, too. I was about to say that. My, Byron Murphy's had a great year, too, for, for the Longhorns. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think Rook's got a good chance here. Um, also, Wisconsin long snapper Peter Bowden. Just killed it this year. Snapped East West Tramble. Yeah. I'll just do them all. Boston College guard Christian Mahogany. Louisiana offensive lineman Nathan Thomas. Arkansas center Bo Limmer. Houston edge rusher David Ugbu. Kansas State edge rusher Khalid Duke. South Carolina corner Marcella Style. Mark Perry which is TC, it's too many names, TCU Safety, Mark <laughs> Perry, NC State long snapper, Joe Shimko. i got to start with uh, Christian Mahogany, one of my favorite players. Uh, Same. coming back, obviously, he came back from injury this year. Um, yeah, from what I watched. Flowers footsteps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From what I watched, it looked, looked great when he, when he was out there. Um, yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a huge get for the Shrine. I think I, I Jim Shrine went harder is what I'm saying. Congrats. Yeah, Mahogany, I mean, got to see how the roster fills up, but he could be the first player yeah, from the Shrine. I think so, yeah. All right, now NFL draft declarations. <laughs> oh, God. Wisconsin running back Braylon Allen, <laughs> Illinois interior defensive lineman Jerzon uh, Newton and Keith Randolph, Clemson linebacker Jeremiah Trotter Jr., Miami safety duo Cameron Kinchins and James Williams. Congrats. Uh, um... <laughs> Obviously, Allen, I think that's going to be really interesting to see where he ends up amongst this running back group. Everyone tweeted out how he's only 19 right now. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but obviously, you know, a big dude um, is going to test well. It's I don't know. The, the running back class is still wide open. Like I, I, we talked last week, I think Trayvon Henderson is one, but it, maybe it's one of those years that it comes down to the testing and to see which team bites on the first guy, you know. Uh, I mean, this might be the like the least clear running back mm-hmm. class we've had in a really long time. Yeah. Uh, like I don't even know. Like gun to my head, I don't know who I would rank as the top three right now. Obviously, we haven't like dug in, dug in, but. And I think we both expected it to be clear by now. No, like. Yeah. No, definitely. It hasn't been. We thought at least one guy would emerge as the guy. And we had moments where mm-hmm. it looked like certain guys could be the guy. And Some of those guys got hurt, unfortunately, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm super excited about Cam Kinchins. I think he's going to be an acquired taste, but, I mean, we love those gambling safeties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. It all just depends where he lands, right? If he lands in the right spot, it could be uh, 
you know, uh, Pro Bowl. Marcus title, Williams. Yeah. yeah, Marcus Williams. There you go. All right. College Football Week 13 superlatives. I feel like the show's done. We just get started. Got a lot to get through. I'm going to I'm gonna fly through some of these. Uh, best freshman. I'm going to start with Casey Concepcion, the NC State receiver, who went for a buck 31, two scores. Plus, he was like moonlighting and running back for the, the Wolfpack against North Carolina. Had 55 yards on the ground. I started thinking near the end of this game, is this guy going to portal? Because, man, he is a player. He was he was giving me his A flower vibes. What I forget what game it was earlier in the year when we talked a lot about him too. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he went off super early. Yeah, uh, it was the Virginia game, maybe potentially. We we do love our Cavs. Um, yeah, no, Concepcion's a fun player. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Portal jumping. Uh, best freshman I saw this week uh, in the country was uh, Alabama's Caleb Downs. Who uh, looks like the next dude? Obviously for the for the roll tied uh, secondary, the next Saban, you know, protege type of uh, DB, you know, making plays in the backfield. It just just look, didn't look like a freshman. Let me put it that way. Played like a senior uh, in the <laughs> in the greatest Iron Bowl in history. Let's kind of making plays all over the field. Like just just looks. He's built like a like a senior already too. Just a stud. Um. How about Tulane duo Makai Hughes at running back? That's my next two. And yeah. Chris Brazil at receiver, who's like a 6'5 super, yeah. had 93 yards, two scores. Uh, Hughes had a buck 66 and a score on They the just ground. leaned on them. Yeah. Yeah, those two carried uh, Tulane against UTSA. Like Michael Pratt, more on that in a bit, didn't play that well. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like him chucking up to Brazil and, and them going to Hughes on the ground. 26 carries, like you just said, I think. Yeah, just pounded them. Yeah, they just leaned on them both. And, I, yeah, that was kind of my exhaustion of the freshman. Do you have anyone else? Uh, Nick Anderson, the Oklahoma receiver, I thought yeah. had a really nice game against TCU. Um, Mateo Uyungle against his brother. Um, he looks like a, a du- future dude for the Oregon pass. Yeah, right? that's a good one. Uh, going to best sophomore. I'll start at the Egg Bowl where Quinchon Judkins, twenty eight carries, a buck nineteen a score. They were just riding him to to victory in this one. Yeah, um, <laughs> he. It felt like every time he got hit, he break first contact. Like he he did had a. I feel like he had a lot less hype this year than last year. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, it just feels like he wasn't been that talked about this year. And I think it's because like his, his the offensive line play almost dropped off a little bit. He's getting hit at the line or behind the line a lot, but he also, I think, had the highest percentage of yards after contact in the SEC this year. I just keep wondering how Ole Miss keeps hanging on to that 12, top fifteen rating like every week. I don't, uh, I don't know about that, but yeah, it definitely has died off the hype. But I guess last year he was like this surprise story. You know, there was the Evans uh, conversation I'm, in the backfield, and now it's just, he's just like he's a dude. You know. Yeah, I'm excited to dig in on him because. Um, for, for next year, just because, man, like, he, he's got some, like, watch, just watching live, there's just some Nick Nick Chubb vibes. Um, okay, but we're talking backs. Let's stick with backs. I'll give you first, uh, and the, <laughs> to save their their championship hopes, they leaned, the Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys lean on Ollie Gordon, who's, hey, maybe this year's Quinshawn Junkins in terms of, you know, coming out of nowhere and being a stud. Uh, 34 carries, a buck 66. Five touchdowns, all on the ground. Um, they just absolutely leaned on him. He just put the team on the back, breaking tackles. He's an interesting back. He's going to be really interesting to kind of sink our teeth into over the summer. Um, but yeah, he's been just a stud for the Cowboys since they've gone his way. 
I'll, th- I'll throw one more out to you. Uh, sticking out west, going to Boise. Their running back action, uh, Gene T. I can never, never He's, awesome. He's been unreal this year. That's another another guy that's carried a team. Um, and he did against the Falcons of the Mighty Air Force this uh, Friday. He had 107 on the ground in a touchdown, 118 through the air in a touchdown. Uh, was was kind of their dude. He, he is really awesome. I think that's a guy that, like, you know, people who know know how good he is. But yeah, I think when people start again getting into him in the summer, it's, he's gonna get he's gonna get a lot of fans. So what you're saying is, don't draft a running back this year. Wait till yeah. 2025. We got a ton. It looks like it. Absolutely. Yeah, you got the I, Penn State I'll, backs. I'll you know what I mean? Like, yeah, go on. I'll give you another too. How about how about Jaden Blue stepping up? Uh, yeah. John, uh, Jonathan Brooks out for Texas against Texas Tech. He uh, just explosive straight line speed, had a huge touchdown run, finished with a buck 21 on the ground. Yep. He kept talking about how fast he is, and then he ripped off this, like, 60-year touchdown or whatever. And, yeah, looks fast. So what else? I mean, Texas, they just keep turning out the backs. Um, Man, okay, so we'd be remiss. I, this is where I wanted to start, but we're talking running backs first. Our our cats, our cats were mighty. Oh my God, <laughs> taking down the hated devils of the sun and man, Fafita and McMillan were just going to work. Fafita with over five hundred yards passing, five touchdowns. McMillan looks like a you know a top fifteen they kind of dude. Stop they could unstoppable. He, he's so smooth for he's his unreal. receiver. Six what six four six five two hundred sixty six yards on the ground and uh, through the air and a touchdown. He, Fafita is just like, I think going to be one of our favorite college quarterbacks if he isn't already. McMillan looks like a, you know, he's legit. He's legit. He, he's, yeah. he's might be wide receiver one entering the uh, next year. Okay. I, I'm well, sorry. With... He's not going to jump Vernon, but what wide receiver two entering next year? Well, he might. He might be. Yeah, also, okay, he might be. Never. You're right. He's Quite bigger. Uh, I, I'm going to hit you with, I think, the best interior defensive line performance I've seen all season. Ooh, please. Dion Walker, the Kentucky nose tackle. Yeah. It was just, and like, he would technically, I'd have, if he was draft eligible, he'd be outplay the box score because he finished with seven tackles, but like on paper, that's whatever. But man, his ability to just control the offensive line, it felt like he just kept. Um, Engaging like double teams, shedding them and making tackles at the line of scrimmage. Like Louisville could not run against him. Yeah, uh, he had a dominant season this year. Yeah, ten and a half TFLs, five and a half sacks. He's a mammoth of a man. Big Jordan Davis vibes. Um, I just thought he's so incredible in this game. He's wearing big number zero. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> he rules. Was he? He's why Mark Stoops stayed. Hey man, um, was he not a big recruit too for that? From memory serves, I got I got sickness in the brain, so like I know my brain is foggy, but today, but I think he was. Yeah. I might be wrong. He was a four star. That's pretty big for the for the cats, no? The top two fifty. You know, I'm two sixteen. I'm sticking in the. That's pretty good. I'm sticking in the Commonwealth. Um, I, I, every time I watch the cats, I always like Barry and Brown. He's just so much fun. That that small jitterbug, you know, they get the ball multiple ways, but that that kick return touchdown. That's just that's just speed, baby. And every time they get him the ball it's just the speed is so much fun and i want to see if he can evolve you know as a receiver as like a true weapon on the offense but clearly he's got the goods if uh, i was thinking this I, I know they're losing ray davis yeah um who's obviously top senior running back in this class but i think that this kentucky team's really interesting with stoops coming back and and some of these younger playmakers at receiver walk around the defensive line like dane key had a good game too yeah he did um, 
if they can get like a portal quarterback, like yeah, they did with Devin Leary, it's a spot to watch. I mean, Leary, I guess he, yeah, they they beat Louisville. Was, Devin Leary was like fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine for sure. Could be worse for sure. Um. All right, going to weekday warrior. I think the def the the, the definition of weekday warriors what Cody Schrader brings to to the Amen. Field. Yeah, absolutely. The Missouri, the Missouri running back run for two seventeen to score against Arkansas. It was a nothing game, but so that's it was just incorrect. like chunk run after chunk run. He's really good at pacing. Uh, I I find and setting up his blocks. Yeah. Good contact balance. Like, but man, his his his. Season just kind of out of nowhere, running for nearly fifteen hundred yards, thirteen scores. Like obviously the the big game against Tennessee is what stu- stood out, but like he has been phenomenal all season. Um, I'm interested to see if he ends up at, at the Shrine or even the Senior Bowl. I think he's got to get a look at at least one. You know, uh, he was so damn good. Arkansas is like, you know what? To keep up pace with this guy, we got to bring in Bobby Petrino. He's coming back, baby. And KJ Jefferson said, no, <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> but I, actually, I, I didn't look into it, but apparently rumors, uh, maybe he's sticking. I don't know. Uh, but then I also saw South Carolina rumors, so who the hell knows? Welcome to the portal, baby. Um, <laughs> that's a great pick. Uh, I'm going to go just to the Friday night, um, I don't know, the, the, the Oregon-Oregon State rivalry that has no name. And I'm just going to go with I the... I call it the Civil War. I don't care. <laughs> they don't call it anymore, though. The uh, the platypus trophy. That's the new one. Um, I thought the Ducks passing attack of, of Nick's Franklin and Johnson, the the law firm baby, as I like to call them. Um, yeah, Nick's was Nick's was Nick's. You know he's really good. He gets the ball to his guys. Uh, some some pretty impressive throws, like, but only a couple. You know I think they have like so few <laughs> huge downfield throws, but he gets it done when he has to. Franklin is clearly a dude, you know, buck 28 and a touch on the ground. But every time Tej Johnson, you know, every time I focus on Tej Johnson, he's so much fun. He's just got so much electricity in those feet, 137 yards too. Uh, the trio were a lot of fun. And uh, I wish that game was a, it was a bad Friday of football, honestly. It was a bad Thursday of football, and Saturday kind of made up for it. But um, that, that Black Friday NFL game really didn't need to have happened. I forgot it happened yeah, was, immediately after it ended. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, the the Ducks. I, I wish the Beavs made it closer in their final one, but uh, again, Jonathan Smith goes to the Big Ten to get revenge, and I love it. Uh, I also put Xavier Restrepo here. The Miami yeah, who had that great catch. Uh, Restrepo's been really good. Uh, yeah, he finished with Buck Seventeen. He's an interesting slot option. Yeah, um, had nearly a thousand yards for the the U this season. I feel like, like obviously, the receiver class is elite, but I feel like there's even the kind of like you know these mid round, later round type of guys that aren't getting enough credit for obvious reasons at this point. That uh, could be really interesting guys. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I I realized as I was talking about the U, Tyler Van Dyke to Kentucky, baby. Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. All right. Best prospect, starting with offense. Who you got? I'm a I'm sticking at the receiver position. Me too. I'm going with uh, look that, but that usually like most weeks. Like, oh, okay, I know who you're talking about, but you can still go in a lot of different directions here. I think the best the best player I saw that that uh, that won the game. Yeah, uh, Malik Neighbors. Oh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Buckeyes won, didn't they? I mean, if if the refs were right and Roman Wilson, you know, interested, blah, blah, blah. Uh, no, that's I, funny. As you were saying that, I was like, I know who you're going to say, and then you didn't say who I thought you were going to say. Yeah, no, exactly. Go Malik Neighbors. And I, I kind of added Brian Thomas in here, too. I want to talk both yeah. of them. Um, 
Thomas, you know, less statistically gaudy, but had that fucking insane Moss touchdown, which was awesome. Um, he's been great. But, I don't know, Malik Neighbors has been unreal. He's been unreal, and I kind of feel, like, bad that Daniels overshadows him, and I'll talk more about that later. Um, I, to me, like, obviously, the, both touchdowns were great. Like, the, the body control was unreal. He's He keeps getting better every single week. Every single time I watch him, he's a better player. And Is I, I, he being overshadowed by the fact that Marvin Harrison Jr. exists? I think I think it's just kind of the combination of all these receivers. But, um... Yeah, I, I just feel like he's, like, of the top four receivers, being Marvin, uh, Adonze, Keon Coleman, and Neighbors, I feel like Neighbors is the least talked about. Almost. And he's just statistically the the most impressive, and his, I think, yeah, has a very strong chance to be the second receiver draft. Yeah, no, I totally, I, I don't disagree. And I, he's he's been way better this year than I gave him credit for in the summer, too. I, I think he's been unreal. Um, and the play I want to highlight was the one that didn't count. He had that fucking awesome cash and run where he just toasted the entire uh, Aggie secondary where he just beat them to the corner and ran. Um, it came back on a like ticky tack hold, I think if it was. Um, but yeah, neighbors is unreal, and yeah, you could again, you could have picked multiple. Oh, Dunsey was awesome again. I'll talk about that later. Like, and uh, you're gonna do MHGA if you. If you to, want to. to me, what makes neighbors so impressive is not just the the ball skills and the body control. It's, it's he's I think the best route runner of. of, of he, he, yeah, it's and he's got that kind of you know like. That body control in the routes, you know, I mean, there's a different style of route running too. And I think he's, I don't know if he wants to say the most explosive because they're they're all so great, but he's explosive as hell too, you know, like, yeah, man. I mean, for whatever teams don't, you know, land, uh, end up, you know, with a top one or two, three pick to get uh, Maserati, the consolation prizes are mighty. They're mighty. Like, like no other class, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, again, I think there's four receivers in this class who would have been wide receiver one last year. I think you know we're we're going to be looking back at this class as one of the one of the grades receiver classes. Me, that takes me to my offensive uh, prospect of the week, Roma Dunze, who had seven yeah. catches, a buck twenty two scores, and the twenty three yard reverse to set up the game <laughs> yeah. the goal against Wazoo in the Apple Cup. That was awesome. And I mean, like his touchdown, man, body controls ridiculous. His ball skills and ball yeah. tracking abilities ridiculous. Um, him and neighbors, along with Harrison Jr., I think could all go top ten. I uh, the more I watch, again, haven't talked about, but they've they've put themselves ahead of Coleman a little bit. Yeah, I think Keon Coleman's a like, I, I still a fantastic prospect. <laughs> yeah. but I think I think there's these guys are a little more complete than him. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Keon, Keon Coleman's got some freaky ability, but uh, I I think. I, if I were to call my shot, I, I'm going to end up, once we're, it's all said and done, I think I'll probably end up Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, Keon Coleman, that order. I don't know about two and three. I think it's going to be tough for me. Um, I don't know, man. I think it's... You're going to have a Dunze. I know you. I know what you like. <laughs> um, but, yeah. yeah. Point being, Neighbors and Dunze were incredible this Yes, week. they were. I mean, look, I, I'm not, I'm not going to beat my chest, but remember last week I was like, you know, it, it felt like... Like it's Odunse and the rest of the Washington receivers, and I think yeah, point proven, and yeah, more, more on that. But you know, Deborah came out and said it. Like he said, the biggest play of the game. We're getting it, unless I was dreaming because again, it was, it was sick. But no, it did. It's true. This happened. Best, you know, biggest play of the game. <laughs> we get the ball to our best player. Boom. That's the exclamation point right there. And Odunse is the best player on that team. 
that's and that's saying something because this is a, you know a potentially playoff bound undefeated currently team like he's unreal he's yeah, special dude can't, can't wait to watch uh, the rematch against Oregon <sighs> yeah baby um, best defensive prospect for you. I thought a little bit more, uh, I mean, there's a lot, plenty of receivers to go to there for offensive, but I think a little bit more uh, open here. And I just had to give I had to give the love to a guy that we've kind of been like, oh, he hasn't done it too much this year. Jared Verse against yeah, Florida. Yeah, He's dominant. He was absolutely dominant, especially at the end of the game. You know, Brown and company were, were trying to, you know, uh, finish that off. And, I mean, they, they, they had it for a bit, and... Man, Verse just took over. Like when they needed him, it was just constant pressure. He had that nasty, nasty speed of power that you tweeted out. Oh, that was just dominant. And then right after that, like I think the second, the next player to play after that, he beat, he just beat the tackle, just with speed this time around the edge, and just a monster. And I felt like even when he wasn't getting home, he was getting there. You know. Yeah, I feel like it was a great um, game in terms of showing that like he's ready for pro ready because. Like, he was just so much bigger, stronger, more explosive. Yeah. And his pass rush plan's there. Yeah. Like, I don't think he has, like, a, a, like a superstar ceiling or anything. I think he's probably more of a mid-first-round pick. But, like, I think you're getting a real good, ready football player who's going to be starting week one as a rookie. You have a comp you like from him? I don't know if I have one written down. Let's find out. Okay. Speaking, while you look, uh, Nate Wiggins just declared for the draft. So there you that go. That might be corner one. Yeah, that might be corner one. I think, like, that's corner's been an interesting conversation, too. You know, I know not to, not to keep moving. They were talking defense prospects. Wiggins was my top guy last week. Um, I think Wiggins has kind of separated himself, you know. King has had his ups and downs, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Kool-Aid's been solid, and, you know, Arnold's joined the race, but I think I think it's Wiggins right now. I think it's his spot to lose, at least. I don't have a pro comp for Bruce, but uh, Daniel Jeremiah put Ryan Kerrigan on him in the I, That's a... Like, I, I'm, I'm not going to say, like, how, like, I'm not going to, you know, go in depth of verse versus Kerrigan, but I think, like, in terms of what you kind of just highlighted as a very, very good uh, productive edge rusher that's not, like, a superstar, that's a, that's a good name. Agreed. DJ this nice. <laughs> Shooting up the board, um, a couple more receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr. had a great game. He was unreal. Shooting. Yeah, it was unreal. Outside of the slant that he, I think that interception was on him. Uh, that Will Johnson picked up. But, um, it was a little weird. That, like, it was a little weird. Yeah. Instead of that, he was just like, the, the pass interference catch was down the field was incredible. I mean, he was kind of the, I think fair to say, like kind of the only consistent thing for the Buckeyes offense. Pretty much. Um, yeah. You train him. Yeah, I fucking love Chip so much. He's, that's my favorite Buckeye of all time. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and again, like you mentioned, it was it was Will Johnson was following him, and Will Johnson isn't a scrub, you know. Will, Will Johnson isn't the average Big he Ten be corner one next he year. He might be corner. He looks like a top ten pick going next year, and Marvin Harrison was kicking his ass at times. You know, Johnson had him back early, but Marvin Harrison like that that uh, not the touchdown, but the pass interference play. He had him beat so bad. The throw was a little it was a good throw, but a little underthrown, um, and it's so bad that he had to you know just try to tackle him, and it still didn't matter. <laughs> like Marvin Harrison Jr. is unreal. Uh, by the way, how can no team in the country figure out the little clear out drag that they run to him every single every single game? Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's it's a t- it, they get to about to the fifth between the twenty and the fifteen, and they're like, okay, this is a little play, and you're just gonna cruise to the corner. It's the easiest play in the country. Um, they should just spam it. They should just spam it every single every single set of downs. But anyways, uh, it was unreal. 
Um, I also put Troy Franklin down. Buck not or Buck twenty eight on nine catches scored yeah. in Civil War. I mean, the Bonix offense is just getting it to your receivers in space and letting them be freaky athletes. Man, Troy Franklin's explosive. That's one of those dudes in that race for number five, right? Um, that's gonna yeah. be, that's gonna be a really interesting race. Top four, I think, lock it in for the most part, barring some you know surprising guys that don't come out. But I don't think that's happening. Um, and you mentioned Brian Thomas already too. And he's in he's that in that conversation well. too. Yeah, and I think. Both dudes are, you know, explosive dudes. But Franklin, obviously, tall and lean, but different type of speed. Um, okay, I'll, I'll stick in. I'll stick in the P and W. Go to the Apple Cup. Uh, Jaden Hicks did everything he could to try to uh, get that upset there over the dogs. Uh, had a sack, had a pick. It was just was just kind of looking good. Uh, didn't have to timestamp anything, but just the play where he just stole the ball from Jalen Polk was a hell of a play. And I, like, Hicks is just a really good ball player. And it's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, He's a he's a guy. He's a dude in a, yeah. in a very open safety yeah. class. Yeah, I think he, he comes um, out right, but like yeah, I think I think yeah, young guy too. Yeah, Richard mm-hmm. sophomore, I think. Oh. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good one. I'll I'll give some Michigan some love. Mikey Sanders. So, yeah. Uh, man, when he dropped the hammer. Yeah, that was nasty. That ruled. I love Mike. Mike Sanders. Still just got that vibe that he's gonna stick in, as a nickel for a while, man. Like and just be yeah, a, he's. He's. I hate Michigan, but man, he's got all the things I like about Nickel. Mm-hmm. He's that. I think honestly, to me, he's the heart and soul of that defense, and I think that says a lot, you know. But he's talented too. It's not just he's you know scrappy dude. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of I, talent. I he's still getting better as a. Yeah, he should be, and he's still getting better as a corner. You know, he's still learning the position, uh, but he, he knows it well. Yeah, he's got the ball skills like we talked about. He's, he was awesome. Um. I got some backs, you know. I thought, you know, obviously that we talked about this class is murky. I thought some backs kind of put themselves on the map. You mentioned Ray Davis earlier. Yeah. That was a really, really solid game. And that's kind of what he does, you know. Sees yeah. the hole, sticks his foot, and goes. And I think there's teams in the league that needs backs, and that type of back is always valuable, oh. you know. Also, just he catches the football yeah. well. Very he consistent, yeah. Looks good in space. Yeah. Where he's just, yeah, he's... Get get to him on a screen. He's gonna take what's there, and it's yep. a Louisville defense. There's a lot there to take. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there was. Uh, speaking of Louisville, they're playing Florida State. Hopefully for them, Benson isn't on his game because I thought he was this week. Um, he was to the offense. What first was to the defense? Kind of put them on the back. Um, three touchdowns. Kind of he, every time they needed that play, he he found a way to make it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like as a whole, this season hasn't like again. He was in that mix to be potential RB one, and he hasn't really taken you know, taken that next step and been a dominant dude. And he's had some up and down games, but but please go ahead. I do, I do think that like I'm with you on that, but he could still end up being RB. Oh yeah, yeah, you could. Um, because I mean, the he's maybe got the best contact balance in the group. Yeah. And he catches the football well. Uh, I think Trivion Henderson's got the most upside of all the running backs. Me too. But it's just like you, you never know with injury stuff. So it's like him, it's 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 Benson, it's I don't know what, what's going sure. on with Donovan Edwards. But, yeah. You know, I anyway. think Edwards maybe is a, is a candidate to come back, take the car route. Um, one more back for you. A guy who I've, I think I mentioned last week, maybe the week before even, just putting a really great end of his uh, career at Georgia together in Kendall Milton. He's playing his best football in his career. Yeah. Um, pounding it, looking really good, looking the, the burstiest he has in his career. Buck 56 and two touchdowns against the mighty Yellow Jackets and that near upset. And again, you know, no Lad, no Brock. They 
Beck was okay. They needed someone to lean on, and and Milton stepped up. That's 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 impressive to me. And this, you know, I think that's the stuff that you kind of got to separate yourself with in this kind of muddy class. Um, I'm going to take us to. Hmm. hmm. How about Missouri left tackle Javon Foster? Okay. He's a guy we have not. Yes, this year. I know. I, and that's such. And he feels like the forgotten guy in this class because he's been so fucking good this year. And like, man, he's moving people. He's a mean, nasty left tackle. Arkansas could not get any passers going. He was dominating Landon Jackson, who's a, a potential top one hundred pick. Yep. Um, Foster's a guy who I think is going to be at the Senior Bowl and yeah. going to really start building some buzz. Yeah, he's been really good. He's he has like like the tape too. It's not just like a one season thing. Um, yeah, it just feels like he got kind of lost in in this class, and it was just you know it's not like he's playing on like a team that had a bad season either. Mizzou's having one of their best seasons in a long time, and uh, yeah, Foster's awesome. Um, I, you know, this is a little getting ahead of ourselves, but you know, we've we haven't had that much positivity in the rookie class for the tackles this year uh, overall, and it's kind of you know we struggle picking our all rookie team tackles. Next year, I, I think we might be struggling for uh, the positive turn that we might have too many damn good ones. It's gonna be, I'm excited to see these guys in the NFL after seeing a lot of bad offensive line play in the NFL this year. Um, I'm gonna I got two. I'm not gonna go with that one because one of them is your guy, and I'm waiting for you to mention him. Um, so I'm going to go with my guy, baby, in Farmageddon, in the snow, Benson on. <laughs> they kind of leaned on him, and he was a dog, baby. Had the touchdown, uh, 10 catches, buck 36 as well. I, I like seeing it. Like, he kind of – that's a guy that I think you're, the people are just going to sit down and, like, you know, like, yeah, this is a very just solid, well-rounded tight end uh, prospect. And tight end's like a spot where after Bowers it I, – like, I thought, you know, Sanders – yeah, like I thought, like, like Sanders hasn't been bad. Nesbitt hasn't been, but no one's like been like, yeah, okay, this is the other first round tight end at all, and no one's even been like, this is tight end too, um, and I think Sinnott's in the conversation still. So, um, I'm gonna go to a different senior, and I'm gonna go with Peyton Wilson. Yeah, NC State linebacker who was everywhere against North yeah. Carolina had a sick diving interception. He's had an awesome year. He's a a former freaks list guy, I'm pretty sure. He's 6'4", 240. The range pops. Man had 17.5 TFLs this season. He has, like, borderline linebacker one tape, yep. I think, as you dig in. Um, I think, I, like, obviously, it's, it's just going to all come back to the injury yep. history. He has a really long injury history. I think we're going to come out, like, he's going to go to the senior bowl. Um He's going to have the like, kind of Jack Campbell rise, I think. I think so, Maybe too. not to that extent, necessarily. Well, <laughs> but I think he's that senior linebacker. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit, no. Like, he's long. He's athletic. He He's uh, physical, um, rangy. I don't know. He's just been really good and disruptive. He's. I think he's been the best linebacker in the country, right? Yeah. I, th- I, I don't know College if football he's wise, a finalist yeah. for uh, the Buckets, but... He he should be bringing it should home. Be. Yeah. Um, he he's the best linebacker that's been playing in either either Carolina, I think, and that's that's still saying something. Um, yeah, no, oh, he's been unreal, and yeah, it's gonna all come back to the injury history, but no, I think that Campbell ish rise, maybe not to uh, top twenty, but I, I don't think that's gonna happen, but. Yeah, no, I think that's that's in the realm of possibility. Uh, I'm saving it, but this is the last name I got, so I got to oh. – what's up? Sorry, Peyton Wilson's up for the Benaric. It should be. 
Who's, who else, who else we got there? It's, it's it him, Dallas Turner, and Latu. Latu probably wins it. But. That's a good trio. That's a good trio. Mm-hmm. So he must, if he's, if he's a finalist for the Benaric, he's going to win the Buckets now. Anyways. Yeah, I see. Um, last guy I'm throwing out, you're, you know, we t- you talking to them up on uh, Saturday night. Is Avery Carlton for Cal was kind of just kicking yeah. ass. Go ahead. I, I, I want to just set you up here. I I put him for out of nowhere just because we 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 loved him over the summer. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, to be honest, we don't watch a lot of Cal football. But when they're playing the final Pac-12 after dark, we had to yeah. tune in. And uh, yeah, he just dominated the UCLA offensive line like the entire first quarter. He was just wrecking everything they were trying to do. Kept batting balls down. His uh, he's he's long. He's explosive. He's violent hands. Converts speed to power pretty well. I think he's one of the most underrated prospects mm-hmm. in the whole country. And I don't know why there isn't more like talk about him. Just because, because it's playing at Cal. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but like, he's also six six two seventy. Yeah. He's a Utah transfer. Like the his. I guess his numbers aren't super poppy, but man, I think he's gonna be a guy. Like, he probably ends up at like the Shrine Bowl, and we people start to like get a look at him and be like, "Holy moly!" I got two more oh, Golden Bears to talk about too. So wow, big show for you. Big show. Love Cal. Anyone else? Uh, I just want to mention. Yeah, I just want to mention Tavondre Sweat. I thought he just anchored that Texas D line against Texas Tech. He's uh, he might end up. Uh, I, I think right now, like Johnny Newton's probably gonna. For sure, be everybody's ideal yeah. one in this class, but Tavondre Sweat could be ideal too. Yeah, no, totally, uh, for sure. Sliding down the board. I'm going to start out in uh, beautiful Seattle and start with a couple dogs. And I don't know. I thought Penix was not good. I thought Penix was not great. He wasn't. Um, and I, like I still constant now. I, this is not real people. I don't think that are dug into the draft, but more NFL fans, more college football fans. Uh, a lot of those type of people still think he should be a first-round pick. And I'm like... I don't know if he's a day-two pick. <laughs> I'm not sure yet either. And I, I just don't know why. Like, being a Seahawks fan, I see a lot of Seahawks fan talking. And even, like, the, the Seahawks fans that I respect and, like, give good takes, they're like, well, let's draft Michael Penix in the first round. I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, but even, like, you know, age and the injury history removed, I don't think he's played like a first-round pick. And I think you just agree with me. And then in this game in the Apple Cup, he he wanted to lose them the game. He kept trying to throw that... <laughs> That game losing interception and um, or the, it would have been at least and multiple throws that that should have could have would have been picked and yeah I thought I thought this was one where like it was Odunze stepping up big time for the rest of the group because I threw Polk in here too and he did yeah I did I put Polk here too yeah I kind of just did it was not did he have, I don't think he had a catch blanked no and, and I mentioned him uh, was it last week Oregon was it State, yeah. yeah. Did nothing. That was one where, like, early in the year when, you know, Dane Brugler, obviously much respected, but, like, was kind of hyping him up as a top 50 type of guy, and I was like, I don't think I'm buying that. Um, McMillan, I'm still going to give him a pass because he's still coming off the injury and has missed a lot of the year. But, yeah, to me, again, Huskies are, are Odunze and everyone else, and, yeah, I can't wait to see Odunze against the, against the Ducks. Um, I put those Polk and, and Penix down. Um. I'll split uh, TCU corner Josh Newton. That's a good one because we haven't talked like, about him. Yeah. No, he entered the. We talked about him. I think against Colorado for negative reasons. Yeah. And uh, in in week one, and he yeah he struggled against Oklahoma. He struggled with um, the speed of the receivers. And that uh, he makes was a guy sense, who yeah. ended the year as a potential the potential number one senior corner. I think there was some like top there was legit for him. Yeah. And and I think like. I never he, saw he's, that. He's, but yeah. he's he's he just didn't help himself this year. 
No, and again, I, you know, after TCU just fell flat on their face early, I haven't been tuning in too much. But every time I have, I haven't really, um, I haven't really seen him in a too, like making big plays or anything. I, I agree with you there. Okay, give me give me some pushback here. Um, he, I'm not saying he's not in that fifth receiver race. I don't uh, think. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. I don't think Emeka Ibuka is a slam dunk first round yeah. pick. No, I don't think he's a slam dunk coming going coming out. That's. I, I think that's really, really wise. I think he should stay. Uh, if they can in get a quarterback this, at least, but yeah. Just the injuries. Um, yeah. The kind of like he didn't totally seem like the same guy when he came back from the injury. Yeah. Uh, against Rutgers. He'd been playing less snaps. He looked pretty good against Minnesota. But um, who doesn't? Yeah. Like he's a guy who looked like he could maybe be a top 25 pick. Yeah. And now I don't think he's going to be a. First round pick necessarily. I, I, like every mock draft, I kind of clue in. And I know mock drafts are mock drafts, but uh, you know, like even Danes, I think he had him in the first round. And I, I everyone I've seen, he had the, he's still going the first round. And like, mm, I don't know, I I'm not there. I was a little I, lower on him in the summer than I think you were, and um, yeah, I just I don't feel he, it. He, go with Chris Olave, right? Yeah. Go back to school. I totally agree. Just because I'm a Buckeyes fan, but um, no, I, agree. And I thought he's like kind of like this big. This this well built like power slot type of Chris Godwin type dude does so much after the catch, um, and just like I think going back and being like the true number yeah. one would be really helpful. And yeah, yeah, he just like didn't really have much of an impact. I knew he scored a touchdown, but he didn't it was have much e- of an impact against Michigan. It was just a layup, like he was coming off across the formation. It was e- free, free well designed play, yeah. Yeah, Michigan defense stinks. Yeah, they suck. Um, um <laughs> yeah, that one. yeah that really bad drop the first third down too yes kind of st- yeah over, yeah over the middle well, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't have caught that so <laughs> excuses um but no i agree with you i'm glad you were on the same page there uh i also put landon jackson who i mentioned earlier yeah. he just like did nothing against missouri <laughs> he had a huge game against alabama i dug into the all 22 on that one i i'm not i don't sure was it come out he yeah just doesn't He's ice now. I know he's six seven. He's like two eighty, and he's got tools. He's just not. He's very raw. Yeah. And I thought Missouri just kind of controlled him. Yeah, that's a good one. I I, I don't have anyone else. How about you? Um, I put Michael Pratt here. Oh yeah, really yeah. struggled against UTSA. Yeah. Nine of twenty two. Um, it and I put Spencer Rattler. Just the, both of them really I thought struggled with accuracy and Rattler against Clemson. Um. And it's a really good senior class, yeah. and Rattler's already going to the senior bowl, which is great. I think Pratt will too if he comes out. Um, it's just it's interesting, like because now we're seeing Jaden Daniels' potential top ten pick. Yeah, I mean Bo Nix has, I think the the buzz is more about the Heisman with yeah. him than going super high. But um, it's a really good senior class, and and every game's going to matter. I I have no idea where Rattler's stock is right now. Like, where, where would you get... I, I think that Senior Bowl invite says a lot, maybe, but where would you... Where, how, do, how do you gauge him right now? I think... I think, like, I, I it's tough because, like, I look at the, the 2023 NFL draft, and I'm like, where would Rattler... Like, right now is Rattler good? Yeah. Um, and... So J- Jake Hayner and Stetson Bennett were the first two quarterbacks taken in the fourth round. Aiden I, O'Connell at the end of the fourth round. I think Clayton Toon DTR and like Sean Clifford. Like it's just such a weird mishmash of so it was a bad, quarterbacks. It was a, yeah. And it was a bad draft for them. Yeah. 
And so then you're, you're, you're trying to, like, look at it. Well, if they, like, he could have gone in the fourth round in that class, I think. Yeah. But in this class, I'm not so sure. But also, I think someone's going to fall in love with the arm. And, like, he kind of did everything right at South Carolina. He did. Yeah, he did. Uh, no, 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 you know, nothing against him and what he's done. You're right. Um, there's still a lot of quarterback needy teams, and there's still a lot of teams that don't have quarterback too either, so that's fair. Um, my other knower was Carlton. And I think it's funny because I'm going, going back to Cal, and my guy was a guy I was a fan of over the summer, but a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, I think he's underrated dude too. I like the receiver, Jeremiah Hunter. Eight catches, one on one, two touchdowns look really good. He's a well built dude. I think he's like six two, two hundred ish. Um, kept catching my eye watching uh, Sturdivant, uh, you know, his Cal tape, and he he outplayed Sturdivant massively in this game. Um, good size, like I said, um, some solid route running chops, solid hands. I think he's just this, like a solid, well rounded dude. I have not seen any love for him at all. I don't know where that is at all, but. Um, I think he's a guy that can kind of help himself if when he gets into the process. I uh, like Hunter. That's a good one. And as we go to prospect, you made me look stupid. I'm just going to stick at receiver. And I think I've actually put him here already. Just because, like, Jermaine Burton's a wild red. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like, he had, obviously, the huge touchdown where he just got vertical and, and ran through the offense mm-hmm. secondary. The defense not very good as we learned on the last play of the game, um, but he also had that wicked sideline catch where just the bottom. Like yeah. He has all the tools. Like you can see the five star talent that went to Georgia mm-hmm. as a freshman was an impact player, and I think a bit, like a big senior bowl performance is going to come from him. Yeah, you know that I don't disagree with. That. That's a guy that can another guy that helped himself a lot during the process. That's a good one. I'm sticking to SEC. Um, I talked to him early, and that's this is another guy that was in that cor- top cornerback first round cornerback conversation that's fallen off. And Jason Marshall um, at Florida, who I thought came back and had a really strong game against the Seminoles, um, had that sack, multiple plays on the ball, just looked really solid. And I thought, see, the Gators have been a disaster, but I, I kind of wrote him off early this season and um, strong game. So I just want to you know give him some credit there. Yeah. Best prospect versus prospect matchup. I went with the Oregon State offensive line against the Oregon D. That's a good one. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Fuyaga? I thought he he looks good. Like he's a big, powerful yeah. blocker. Some stuff in pass pro. A little worried about. But um, I thought he looked pretty good against the Ducks. Yeah, like in that that Oregon D line played really well though. Like Birch Birch is a really interesting guy. Doorless, like there's some first round love, and my guy Popo in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I'm going similar idea. I'm going the Ohio State interior defensive line versus the Michigan offensive, or the, or the whole Ohio State defensive line versus the Michigan offensive line. I thought that was the battle in the in the game this year, um, and I thought the Buckeyes defensive line looked great, um, especially in the interior in, in Tyreek Williams and Michael Hall. Yeah, Tyreek Williams awesome. Tyreek Williams has been really good. That's a guy. I'm not saying he's not getting talked about, but. Uh, he's in that that you know maybe uh, IDL two conversation big time. Hall created the that sack. He really should have got it. You know he did all the work and I think it was on Zinter right. They kind of kicked his butt. Um, and then it's flipping to Michigan. Unfortunately, Zinter broke his tibia and fibula, which was heartbreaking. I thought honestly I thought that was gonna be the end of the game. I thought that was gonna go out the window with him. Rallied around him, but yeah, that sucks so much. I who knows with his stock now. I mean, hopefully he's um you know he he gets back healthy and recovers, but. 
yeah, no, I thought I thought the Buckeyes defensive line played a really, really good game. Um, you know, we're, we're, the pass rush on the edge wasn't like like you didn't have to do much, but I thought against the run they, they held up until you know the couple the couple runs. It was kind of a weird game, honestly. I I wasn't it wasn't just me, right? It was just also the this I was sick and but I don't know. I thought Sawyer looked okay. It was a weird game. It was a weird game. It was like I don't know. Never found its proper footing. I thought, but um. Kind of top. As a Buckeyes fan, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I thought I thought the Buckeyes defensive line played really well, and I, I think Williams and Hall especially. Um, prospect who outplayed the box score. I'm going with Texas Tech running back Taj Brooks, who had a phenomenal season this year. And against Texas, this dude was getting hit at the line of scrimmage like every play and having to break first contact to gain anything. Finished with 95 yards on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. Ran for 1,443 this season. He's a, a bit of a sleeper senior guy. That's a good one. and That's impressive numbers. Um, maybe I'm going to stick my neck out on this one. But, you know, in a, in a day where the Auburn secondary, um, you know, got all the hate at the end. I, I thought Simpson and Pritchett played pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought Simpson and, like, both of them kind of made plays outside of, you know, the, the you know PBUs and stuff. Uh, Simpson had that gr- that big-time down punt, if you remember. Um Mm-hmm. At the one yard line or so, and then the next play, he had that like sick hit where he kind of upended. I think it was McClellan. Like, it might be wrong though. Uh, really nice hit, and then Pritchard had that had a really nice PPU, and then <laughs> stuck Milrow on that late fourth down to or, or late. Sorry, it wasn't a fourth down, but late in the fourth, we just stuck him at the sticks. That was a hell of a hit, and neither of them were in coverage on the on the, <laughs> on the final touchdown. So, and Milrow didn't like. Like, yeah, they had a couple plays of burden, but it wasn't like the Bama passing attack was consistently good. It was Milrow extending plays and then, you know, running past the line of scrimmage and trying to throw in the ball multiple times. But, no, I thought they played pretty good in um, in a, another weird-ass Iron Bowl, baby. Uh, <laughs> prospect is being overhyped. I went with the Michigan running backs. Who I oh, really come on. Corum was back, mad. baby. Yeah, Edwards was really I mean, meh. Yeah, average male year. Yeah. Uh, Quorum, yeah, he can score touchdowns when he's on the goal line. That's great. Okay, well, um, it's going to be sick in fantasy. Yeah, but <laughs> point being, the, I, I think just going into the year, they're overhyped, but, and by us included. Yeah. Um, and they just like, like I know Quorum's got all these touchdowns, but he has not looked like the same guy. And Edwards, I just don't even understand. I think Edwards. He's a guy, remember? Do you remember how high I was on I remember. the summer? I remember. I think Edwards is dealing with something. Obviously, he was coming out, like, he had the broken arm, but I don't think it's that. I think he's been dealing with something all year. I don't know. Just uh, hypothesizing, because he just doesn't look the same. Uh, Corum, I, I think people were too quick to say, oh, he's back. Because to me, it's it's been building back, and I think, like, he week by week, he seems like he's got more juice. Um and I thought, like, he, that, the touch on run, that, that was, like, the most back against the Buckeyes. I thought that was the most back I thought he's looked. Where, like... Yeah, he looked good on that. Yeah, where, like, that was him. Like, he, he just setting up the second-level blocks behind the line of scrimmage and making those cuts. Um, he has not been as good this year. That's a fact. And Edwards has really not been as good and has not made a step up. No, I think that's fair. Um, I'm going for the big dog here. I'm going to say Jaden Daniels. I keep coming back to this well. Still early in the process, but to me, I don't know. I haven't seen that top ten guy. I I know special college football season, um, electric. I think he's gonna be QB three consensus. That's fair. I I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. JJ uh, McCarthy, like uh, I don't know. I just know. can't buy in. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm. I'm just. Like, there's a difference between. The, I'm not saying he's not QB three. I'm saying I don't think he's a top ten guy. But I'm it's so early. I'm not gonna put a put a stamp on that. Um. 
Legs are. Would you a, vote for him for the Heisman? I'd vote for no one for the. I'd, I, Marvin Harrison Jr. is my Heisman. I said it from the start of the year. It's yeah, best player in college football. Yeah, yes. I don't know. Three wins. Ah, uh, three losses. Sick. Um, obviously the legs have been oh, defense. Oh. <laughs> no, but okay. Sorry. To me though, like like obviously late, late, the running ability unreal. The season unreal. Um, but like I think you watch this game and like there was throws he left out there or plays that were like. Made because he has neighbors and Thomas, two of the best receivers in the country. Um, I don't know. I like, like there's been plenty of good throws too, but I didn't think he was unreal against the Aggies. And I know this. You said this with Joe Burrow too. I remember. <laughs> no, I didn't. I pounded the table. For, I don't know. Like Daniels does a hell of a lot of fun. older prospect too. Like I don't know. Put it together in his last year in college. I don't know. I'm I'm pumping the brakes on the top ten thing. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. Um, transfer popped on the scene. I'm going with Oregon corner Kyrie Jackson, who I thought looked really good against uh, Oregon State. He's now Bama transfer. Um, long, physical, kind of sea hockey mold of a corner. <laughs> had a big uh, had a big TFL. Used the length to break up a pass against uh, Beeves too. So, he's an interesting dude. He is interesting. If I remember correctly, had his struggles against Washington, but also was banged up in yes. that game. Um, so being healthy and going back against the dogs, that's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun. I'm I'm so excited for that game. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm going back to the Golden Bears, baby. And opposite of Carlton, uh, David Reese was shining. Who's a 60 year yeah. senior, Florida transfer. Uh, had zero career sacks coming to this year. Uh, seven and a half this year, and three against UCLA on Saturday. Um, one of them was just a nasty spin move, uh, beat the right tackle to the inside. Dante Moore didn't feel him, just crunched him. Um, really, really late into the process to be breaking out here, but uh, looked good. A little bit like it, under, I think he's like 6'2, 240, a little undersized, but got some juice to him. He's fun. Not to be confused with the other Florida linebacker named David Reese, who played. Uh, <laughs> Because that confused the hell out of me. I forgot what David was the same guy yeah. for a bit. And I got really confused. Um, my small school guys, you got your eye. Uh, two Mac running backs playing the final Mac weekday games of the year. First off, Samson Evans playing in the final Mac action game. Eastern Michigan uh, against Buffalo carried the Eagles to a win yeah. into, into a bowl game. Buck 27 in a score. Uh, looks like a guy who uh, might be a CFL running back, might yeah, be baby. an NFL fullback. Uh, <laughs> I put, and I put Penny Boone, one. yeah, Penny Boone, who who solidified his MAC Offensive Player of the Year uh, award and CMU ran for bucks eighty six, two scores. Maryland transfer, two hundred and forty pound running back who it feels like every week he's got like a huge like 40, 50 plus yard run. It's a runaway freight train is what I like to call. Him. Um, I don't know if he'll end up at, like, the Shrine. I think he still has another year of eligibility, too. But, man, he's very interesting when he had a 240-pound back like that. Yeah, I, I Boone's a lot of fun. I, I put Evans as well. But I'm going to just go and kind of give it to the two-lane defense. A uh, couple guys making plays. Obviously, Guy Hodges looked good. <clears throat> Starting to lose my voice. Patrick Jenkins had a sack. Uh, just a lot of good players on that team. And I guess that game is a little bit of a letdown. But two-lane really... Uh, you know, that, that that defense really stepped up and kind of, I mean, just turnover after turnover, they were crazy early, and it was just a wonky-ass game. But, no, that two-lane defense is mighty, and there's a couple of guys that I thought looked really good, especially uh, Jenkins and uh, Hodges. And I can't wait for uh, next week's show where we, we break down the championship games and we get to talk about how well Tory Taylor punted against Michigan. 